Our look at God's design for life continues as we continue our journey through Ephesians, next on Truth For Today. Claiming to be a Christian, yet having no effect of it on our life, is like claiming a milkweed is a mighty oak. But yet, that's what many in the church do today. Meanwhile, Paul, here in Ephesians, calls us to a different life altogether. Do not imitate the darkness, he says. Welcome to Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, takes us back to Ephesians calls us to this imitation of light rather than darkness. For all the details, our teacher and pastor now, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Let's begin on the 10 things. Uh, The first thing sounds so simple. If you'll focus your mind around God, get your life centered on Him, you'll keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Jehovah, And Colossians says, set your affections on things above. And when he says, do that, then he winds up saying, and put to death the deeds of the body. But you won't deal with the body until you get your mind set up there. You've got to wrap your mind around God. Uh, The word for stayed, by the way, in the Hebrew, that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Jehovah. The word means to wrap a cord. It means to wrap your thoughts around God just to wrap it. Stay your mind on God. Thoughts of God always deliver from temptation. Great thoughts. And I think of Joseph when he was being seduced by Potiphar's wife. He said, how can I do this thing against God? And in his mind, God was in that bedroom or in wherever that place was that she made the play for him. And he he pulls away and he runs and she grabs the cloak But in his mind, I cannot give in to you because God is in this place and I'm living my life before God. He's the one I answer to. It's why your secret life must have as much integrity as your public life. They say that a man's reputation is what he does in the light. His character is what he does in the dark. So you you want to hold those together. The second thing... uh, I would say, and it goes right along with this, is Philippians. Train your mind to think on pure things. Uh, I think of Philippians 4, 8 here. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, uh, I think you've, you've got to be in charge of your ear gate and the eye gate to see if the things you're bringing into the body by the way of hearing and by seeing, if it's good, if it's pure, if it's noble. Uh, I mean, what's this guy, Emini, or is that how you say his name? I mean, uh, you know, making millions off of filth, you know, language you should not want a lady to hear. Uh, But he knows how to market it. So much a rap. It's not the rap sound. It's the rap message. The words. Words. You've got to pay attention to words. 
And we've got to avoid those things. How about memorizing Scripture? Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. Jesus quoted Psalm 69. Jesus quoted, he didn't get out of concordance and start looking up a verse when the devil tipped it. He already had it memorized. How many verses can you quote by heart? Think on that which is holy. Think on that which is pure. We're accountable for what our minds feed on, and we feed on, our mind feeds on what we see and what we hear, right? That's how it gets in the mind. You don't just, oh, I feel something pure. Oh, it feels holy. No, no, no. You got to read it. You got to hear it. So get rid of all the, if you're a young believer, you ought to get rid of most of all the secular music, especially, you know, the ones that's always trying to get you in bed or take drugs or, you know, uh, get rid of that. Get rid of it. Burn them up. I had to get away from all that stuff, and the messages weren't hardly even that negative when I got saved, but I just had to get off of rock and roll and rhythm and blues to get close to God, so I gave my records to Jim Snyder, and you see what it's done to him. <laughs> because I couldn't live for God and keep that message and that environment and that stuff in my ears all the time, and so I ran to black gospel, ran to southern gospel. I went with stuff that was a little upbeat, but I wanted to get a different message. I want a different message. Still love those sounds. I love to hear B.B. King sing. I do. I love blues. But I can't be listening to that stuff all the time and have a mind that's on pure, noble, holy, uplifting things. What you watch and what you hear is going to determine what you feel inside eventually. You become what you eat. And the way our mind feeds is sight and ears. Well, third point there, uh, well, let's just say number four. It goes right along with it. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes that I would not gaze upon a virgin. What he's saying, I learned to train my eyes uh, that if there was a seductive female around, if I could avoid it, I train my eyes not to be looking at her. Uh, for us, it'd be pornography, maybe a, a seductive person. But he trained his eyes. I'm not going to be looking where I know I will lust. So he's making a covenant with his eyes to try to put them where, as much as he could, that he would take in a positive message. So make that covenant with your eyes. Now, Pastor Rollins gave me a great uh, insight talking the difference between us and animals is uh, stimulus and response. That an animal, as he was explaining this to me, sees something, let's say other animals are in heat, they're just instinctively built. There's stimuli, there's response. That's just how it happens. For us, as human beings, God has built in a pause button. Is that right? We hit the pause button. That here I'm going along, and all of a sudden, some seductively dressed woman or uh, a piece of pornographic literature's in the, you know, coffee room or whatever, and boom, I, I see it. I didn't plan it, it's just there. Now, the temptation is not a sin, is it? Temptation is not sin. Stimulation is not sin. But boom, I, I see this, and all right, I've been, there's a stimuli, now we're waiting for a response. But I get to hit the pause button. Don't pause too long now. 
Some of you have been looking for an hour trying to pause. So, whoa, I'm looking at the Creator's handiwork. How wonderful. Oh, I just see God. No, you don't. You see a figure. So, you got, so I think you're paused, but you've got about two seconds. And it's either going to be a gong or because you're going to make a decision to lust or to flee. You've got about two seconds. Meditate. Nope. Run. Or close your eyes and become that bleeding Pharisee that walks. I can't see it. Boom. Walked into the wall. Close your eyes. Don't do it on the freeway. Get away. Response. You're not an animal. When you see the stimuli, you don't have to lust. It is a decision to lust. To see was maybe not your choice. It just happened. So you're not accountable with all these girls going around here and we've seen more navels than we've ever seen before. The naval destroyers. And, uh, uh, you know, I, don't, I didn't tell girls to start showing their navel. I don't, it just doesn't do a thing for me. But I can't change the dress code. And I sometimes get men in the church tell me, I want you to dress the women a little bit different. Well, I'm sorry. They don't call me and ask what they're going to wear before church. Now, I hope a woman learns how to dress, but her dress code is not char- in charge of my heart. Hear me. Men, don't use her as your excuse. Because maybe what are you going to do with an unsaved woman that's out to get you and dress? Hey, you're not a slave to the stimuli. You get to make a choice how you respond. Thank God we do. Moving right along. Uh, Third, I want to go back to this. Be assured that a life lived under the control of the Spirit delivers from the works of the flesh. He said, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh... And the first categories he deals with in Galatians are sexual sins. Uh, the, the primary bent of the sin nature will be to be immoral. So if you walk in the Spirit, if you're relying on the Holy Spirit, he's all the power you need to overcome. And as I say, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent power. This other is not omnipotent. Let's not keep empowering uh, sexual temptations and those sins Let's quit empowering it with omnipotent power. No, the greater power is the power of God. And uh, um, then let's go down here to number five. I think we touched that. Deal with the lust or covetousness, uh, covetousness of the heart by sharing it with the Father and turning from the lust. He said, whosoever lusteth after a woman has committed adultery with her. And I make the distinction, seeing the woman is not lust. It's making the choice after you've seen her what you're going to do. And so I think uh, what, what would be an appropriate response if you saw a stimuli that was saying uh, uh, be immoral or dirty in your mind, the thing I would encourage is run to God the Father immediately. Father, I just was tempted. Uh, this is what I face. And I just want to tell you, I want to keep you informed that I know what happened and I'm fleeing to you. And so keep current with God because when you're planning to sin, you're shut down towards God. You don't want to tell him because you might get some divine input 
And so I say, tell him that. Uh, I don't care if you're thinking, if a thought just runs through your mind, uh, our mind is crazy. You can be driving down the road and all of a sudden a weird thought can go through it. So immediately just take it to the Lord. Said, Father, I don't know where that thought came from. You said in Matthew 15, out of the heart, weird stuff comes. And I just want to confess it to you, share it with you. I don't endorse it. I don't want to do it. And I want to share it with you. I think it, it keeps you uh, free flowing in your spirit, that you're not hiding out. Uh, sixth thing is the Bible says don't make any provision or forethought to uh, carry out the lust of the flesh. And I think this is where pornography plays in big time. If you uh, put the wrong kind of literature in your life and the wrong kind of film, it will set you up to carry out sin and you're being set up. So make no provision to do those things of the flesh. Don't give yourself credit for being so strong you won't be seducted. You will. So avoid those things and avoid going to those places or those deeds that set you up for the old life. Just know that you're capable of doing it. You're susceptible. So you make no provision, and the Greek word is no forethought. No forethought in doing any kind of sin. Then he says something very practical in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. And I always say it to young people. I, I, I think I've got to say it to everybody. This is not a young people problem. Like I said, it's a human problem. But he says in 6, 18 of 1 Corinthians, flee from sexual immorality. Now, he never says that about Satan. You can't flee Satan. You have to stand and fight him. Ephesians says stand when Satan tempts you. But when a temptation to sexual immorality comes, he says the first thing to do is to flee it. Because you cannot uh, win in the battle gazing upon the seduction, gazing upon whatever it is that's tempting you, whether it's the literature or a person, staying there and say, I'll just stay here and pray about it. I'll just pray and just kind of, you, you know what you do? You, you, you put on your uh, Nikes and you run and pray. You run. Uh, and by the time you run a mile, maybe the run will do you as much good as God. But you've got to get out of the environment of the temptation. You can't negotiate with it. It will make the best of people do the most foolish things in 15 minutes for which they're sorry the rest of their life. It is an illogical passion once it's yielded to. It, 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 it costs you your children, your marriage, your ministry. Uh, believe me, uh, I know of many a man, many a woman who would love to roll the clock back. But what you can do in 15 minutes can bring shame on you and your dear wife, her husband, the rest of your life. And we're grown up enough here to know many have already done that. And it's amazing how much pain you can live with, even though you're forgiven. Because forgiveness does not take away the pain. It does not take away the shame many times. And so do not hang around to negotiate with this seductive voice. Run, flee from sexual immorality. Uh, I think it'd be logical, if you had to ask for a, a transfer from your job, if there's somebody trying to seduce you there and you feel the weakness, see if you can get to another part. If you don't, find a way to flee. 
Uh, find a way to rely on the Spirit. Take it serious. Um, I, number eight, he said that elders must be uh, husbands of one wife. And the idea there is they must be a one-woman kind of man. And it's more than just their status of marriage, that they're with just one wife. But it's anarthrous in the Greek. And it has the idea, it's a quality about the man that he's a one-woman kind of man. And it's the idea, you have the feeling he has eyes for only one woman in his life, and that's his wife. That he has uh, romantic feelings, uh, marital fidelity and commitment to one woman, so that in his mind, he's not with other women. In his behavior, he's not a flirt. Uh, that he is trustworthy with all other women, because there's one woman that is the compass of his heart. And what he says that it must be required of elders and deacons is the standard for all the men in the church. Uh, every man ought to pray. I want to be a one-woman kind of man. I have romantic thoughts for, for no other person but this person I'm married to. That ought to be the goal of your thought life. We don't have the privilege of having adulterous affairs going on in our mind by way of novels, by imagination, fantasy. We've got to put those to death. I have romantic thoughts towards one. Now, I've got many wonderful women in my life. I've got my sisters in this church. I've got my daughters. I've got granddaughters. So I love them all in a different way. But I am to have this compass of the heart. I'm a one-woman man when it comes to the marriage fidelity and that relationship. But believe me, I'm going to hug on my granddaughters today. And I'm going to hug on my sister. You know, it doesn't bar family affection. But there is a focus of the heart. There's only one woman for me in the marriage vows and the marriage commitment. So pray to have that kind of heart. So you know all other alluring verses uh, or voices are the voice of Satan and of a wicked heart. Flee them, flee them, flee them. Flee unto the living God to deliver you. Pray that you would not enter into temptation. I think that a, a wonderful prayer life will kill a thousand temptations. A wonderful prayer life, you can put to death a thousand temptations before you ever get out there. But if you're not praying, and if you're not in the Word, I think you're very susceptible to anything. So be sure you pray for your very safety, for your very heart. Tell the Lord your struggles. Uh, pray fervently. Let Him cleanse the heart. Uh, stay there. Because you've got to know, and I heard this from Chuck Swindoll years ago, 1 Peter 5, 7, or rather, I think 5, 9. Uh, be sure that your adversary as a roaring lion goes around seeking and put your name in there. Seeking Phil Howard, Carolyn, Ted, Denise, whoever. He's seeking you to devour. He wants to destroy you. We're small potatoes, but it's what we represent in this community representing Jesus Christ, a changed life, a powerful gospel. So watch, always know the enemy wants to have you for dinner. Don't be naive and give in to his seductive voice, but pray, pray. And in that context, I think a thousand temptations will meet their death. Finally, he says, and I love this, and I would say especially, uh, this is one of the toughest battles, I think, for our young people, 
is who can you run with who's got any standards or any convictions? And look what he says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 33. <clears throat> I put 34, but it's 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You can't afford to run with people who put you in a compromising position. Uh, you've got to pick who you run with. And I think for young people, that's always a struggle because even in the church, you get a, everybody, oh yeah, we're all Christians, and you don't know that. They may date the same as the world, they're just as immoral. Uh, watch who you run with, and I think it's for anyone. We can't afford to run with those who corrupt us because we're so vulnerable, we need strong relationships. We need relationships that push us towards God. I'm talking about friendships. Uh, one of the things of the pastors that uh, we don't get the freedom of not dealing with people of all sorts. And we have to have God protect us and watch over us because people come into our offices for appointments who have fallen, people who are being tempted, and we are trying to give them the word of God and show them the way. Uh, th that's ministry. That's not who we associate with. That's part of our ministry to show them the right path. But uh, I pray that uh, God would give you godly associates that uh, will keep you on the right path and not compromise your character. I close here. Do not let the culture, Satan, or your heart remove the absolute standards of God's word. It's God's word that will judge us, not the postmodern ethic that says there is no, no such thing as truth, there are no absolutes, which is an absolute statement. Tolerance for anything and everything is the only way to be sophisticated in today's culture. But God sets in judgment on the nations. He will use his word and not the culture. Child of God, listen to the words of your father and not the father of lies. The, uh, the landscape is strewn with great ministries that are no longer in existence because of this subtle enemy. Uh, the enemy within. The enemy within. And I had a man tell me he found out what he thought was his strength. He said, an unguarded strength becomes your greatest weakness. So what we need to do is, Lord, I'm weak in all areas. Apart from your strength, your grace, and the direction of your word, I would never have any hope of making it. But your salvation is being demonstrated in a fallen world, that you're saving people, changing them, keeping them. It's the will of God that we all overcome. And if you'll keep your heart stayed on him, he can get us through a dirty world and land safely on the other side, kept by the power of God. And the church said, Amen. Studying God's Word that we might grow in grace, that we might be encouraged in our walk and relationship with Him. You're listening to Truth For Today and Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us this morning. It's our prayer that our time together has done just that, encouraged you in your relationship with Christ, bolstered you up for the day. 
If you would like to review today's broadcast, copies are available when you contact us. We also have the series today's message was taken from, other resource materials available as well, the recent books authored by our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. They can all be found at our website, valleybible.org. A lot of resource materials available there, other CDs and series as taught by Pastor Phil Howard recently here at Valley Bible Church. Again, they're all found at our store online, valleybible.org. If you wish to speak with someone directly, call during business hours, Monday through Friday, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us. 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you'd like to know where we meet for worship, service times, directions, location, it can all be found at our website, valleybible.org, and we would love to see you. Please consider this a formal invitation to join us for worship if you're not involved in a church near you. Again, directions can be found at valleybible.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And again, we mention it from time to time, it bears repeating, as TFT sustainers, financial partners with the radio broadcast, you ensure the continuation of this broadcast here on KFAX. Would you prayerfully consider how you might partner with us financially and then call us? Let us know that you're interested in becoming a TFT sustainer. We'll pass along our quarterly newsletter to you, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. The weekly video devotional will be available as well. Again, valleybible.org for more information or call 855-833-9864. No gift is too large or too small. We'd love to hear from you. Call us today and then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.